All right, welcome to the Ravid Show, uh, everyone. It is such a pleasure to have uh, Patrick Liu Tran, uh, CEO and co-founder of Elidio, with me today. Uh, Patrick and I met at Big Data London, and we had so much discussion around data observability, about Elidio, uh, about uh, data leadership, about uh, data trends back then as well. And Elidio uh, is doing such great things in this space. Uh, uh, so. We decided to have Patrick back and you know learn more about uh, data debt, about 2024 data trends around Gen AI, and uh, also uh, you know many more things. Uh, Pat, welcome to the Ramit Show. It's such a pleasure to have you back. Thank you so much. Very nice to be back. Pat, uh, just for our audience, if uh, I I'm pretty sure a lot of folks already follow you in the content that you share and what Valerio is doing. But would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little about Valerio as well? Sure. So, um, uh, short intro me first. Uh, by training, I'm uh, I went to business school and engineering school, did uh, engineering physics and machine learning before it became uh, the big hype it is these days. And I also yeah. did a PhD before leaving academia. And in mm -hmm. 2014, I started to uh, help larger companies, primarily in the Nordics, uh, with their AI and data journey. So this was very early days. Uh, it was uh, early days of cloud, and most companies were not even on the cloud, right? And I yeah. worked uh, uh, in that capacity for uh, many years and helped a bit more than 30 large enterprises across various industries. Uh, covered a lot of banking, insurance, uh, finance, retail, e-commerce, manufacturing mm -hmm. and so on and i mean back then there were a lot of issues that these companies were facing uh, when you go through a, a kind of data and ai transformation right so going from nothing yeah. to something and uh, one thing that i identified to be the common single struggle across all companies there's one thing that mm -hmm. was the common struggle it was the lack of trust in data People could not trust the data that they were supposed to be dependent on in their business, right? So I thought that was a really kind of big aha moment back then because everyone was talking about uh, we need to improve the algorithms, right? Uh, yeah. And I saw everyone is struggling with the data, not the algorithms, right? But still you recruit these people from academia with kind of uh, deep knowledge on how to write and tweak algorithms, but the problem lies with the data. And uh, I mean, after seeing that across all the companies and uh, being frustrated by it in every single uh, case I was working on, uh, in 2019, yeah. I started Validio uh, because there was no solution to kind of make uh, data more reliable. Yeah. Okay. This is fantastic. I think uh, your journey has been uh, super inspirational for uh, whenever, you know, obviously I talk to you uh, and you share uh, a lot of stories around uh, how it all started and uh, how it's going right now. It's so important for the data community to know more about that as well. But uh, I know for a fact that you speak to a lot of data leaders too. Uh, even not like I know Validio is at most of the conferences too. And you're talking to all the important data leaders, the enterprise leaders, the VP, the head of data and all, all the important people in the space. Uh, do you do you mind sharing what's on top of their mind in for 2024 and share a little about that as well sure i think uh, this is uh, not going to be a surprise but i think the number one thing top of every data leader's mind mm -hmm. and not only data leaders but business leaders minds 
uh, relates to Gen AI uh, and AI in a broader sense, like how can we adopt AI? Everyone wants to adopt AI. Uh, everyone is talking yeah. about it. Everyone is investing in it, but actual progress and actual adoption within companies is still slow and low, right? So how can uh, people step change that, right? Because all yeah. the incentives is there. Everyone wants the same thing, but it's still not happening. And the second thing I think that people will focus a lot on, but that is more of a shocker, is related to the first point, is data depth. Mm. Because I think business leaders usually talk about three types of debts. In these environments, we're end of 2023, uh, going into 2024, when we record this. Um, interest rates are high in general. And um, people, of course, talk about financial debt. Uh, and yeah. you talk about technical debt, you talk about organizational debt, how to set up a right org structure with the right people on board. Uh, but in the era of data and AI, you need to care about data debt. And data debt is kind of the buildup of data-related problems over time that lowers uh, and inhibits return on investment on your data, right? And the more data mm. that you have, the more tax you pay on your data investments. Uh, and I always hear data leaders say that investments into data and AI is almost like a black hole. You put in a lot of yeah. ETR in terms of US dollars and nothing ever comes out in terms of return on investment. And um, it's um, data that is related to everything from kind of, uh, I divide it into three categories. There is kind of the data related data depth, uh, poor data quality, you have the dark uh, data overload, 90% of the data that you collect, pay for, process, etc., is never ever being used in practice, right? Yeah. It just sits there and uh, takes a lot of uh, data management efforts, uh, compute storage costs. Uh, and then you have a val uh, very siloed data stack in general where you have data sitting all over the place, which means if you want to just get a 360 view on your customer, it takes a lot of time, right? So th that is a piece of that uh, data depth. Uh, uh, then you have um, technology-related data depth. So, I mean, a lot of uh, companies now start to run into scalability issues. And uh, there are different yeah. types of scalability issues. Uh, when you have more and more volumes of data coming in, uh, uh, not all data infrastructure that companies sits on can handle that. But also, sometimes you have this kind of uh, need of uh, having data uh, at different cadences and most data infrastructures out there today handle batch data once per day that is the norm but if you want some uh, data and ai use case that needs to have access to data more frequently you don't have the right data mm -hmm. right so that is another type of uh, data that that is more tech related right and then i think uh, a very important uh, angle of that as well that is very forgotten many times is the people and process related data that right so there is right. a big lack of alignment between data and business teams i think ravid you've seen that a lot in terms of uh, a lot of companies having these central data platform teams right right and um some of their, them uh, are doing really really well but the vast majority of them are kind of siloed uh, in the organization exactly so you, you have this kind of uh, data uh, platform team that should serve all the business units, but there is no processes in place to make sure that mm. uh, 
there is aligned incentives, right? So the central data team sits and build kind of state of the art data platforms without really knowing what it's going to be used for. And it's very difficult to get uh, an ROI on your investments on building data platform if you don't know about the use cases, right? So mm. you cannot view the data platform infrastructure building as a technical thing only, right? You need to align the business stakeholders and the use cases with the technology uh, setup, right? And then you have other things such as, you know, uh, we've spoken about that a lot as well uh, over the uh, years. There is a lot of lack of ownership in data, right? Very true. Everyone is part of producing, transporting, and consuming data. But as soon as mm -hmm. there's an issue with the data, no one wants to own it, right? <laughs> and yeah. um, I think if you really want to be able to trust your data, um, you need to solve these different pieces of data debts, right? And that is what I mean yeah. with, um, I mean, th this is not a new issue. Uh, mm. but it has been an ignored issue. It's a bit like the opposite of AI. Everyone claims they have AI, but very few have it. Uh, data depth, very everyone true. has, very true. but no one admits having it, right? Oh my God. Yeah, this is such an important topic that you've brought up, uh, Patrick, and uh, definitely it comes up as a shocker because in the world of Gen AI, you're, you pay, right? No one's talking about data debt. And uh, that's one of the biggest issues if solved, it can actually, you know, uh, do wonders for data teams out there. And uh, those were great points in terms of, you know, talking about the prioritizing the data or talking about, you know, the ownership. Uh, it all makes sense in terms of, uh, you know, like I've heard a little about, you know, tech debt and financial debt, but this is quite new to me. And how do you suggest? uh managing data debt for you know uh the the data leaders out there or the head of data how can they manage this do you have any thoughts around that yes so i mean validio at the end of the day it, our product is built uh, to help companies manage and pay back data debt right that is mm -hmm. uh, in my introduction i talked about kind of what i was observing in every uh, company i was uh, working with back in the days um, when I help them kind of get to the next level in their data and AI journey, but everyone was stifled by data debt, right? And 80% of all AI projects fail. Um, and it is due to data debt, different shapes of data debt, right? And that is right. why I said um, um, the two big focus areas of uh, for data leaders during 2024, I think, are uh, close related. Everyone wants to get started with uh, AI for reals this time, uh, but yeah. they will need to pay back the data debt because that is the blocker, right? And for, for um, at Valido, we help data leaders to do this uh, with uh, the Valido platform, and we call it the data trust platform, right? And mm -hmm. with it comes the process, uh, because it's not just a tool, right? Uh, you, for data debt to be properly managed, you need to uh, have the right process and uh, the right stakeholders, people involved in that, right? And there is so much data debt in every organization uh, who has data right now. So you cannot uh, pay everything back. You need to focus on uh, the bits and pieces that matters, right? So mm. step one in that uh, data trust uh, workflow that we help our customers with is we help you prioritize the data that matters. 
and yeah. then we help you validate the data and then uh, we help you improve that data and then uh, you do that uh, you know repeatedly uh, and bit by bit uh, piece by piece you pay back the data that, that you have accrued over time right and if we go into the first piece of prioritizing the data as we've already talked about 90 percent of the data that companies collect is dark data yeah. I mean, it's collected and it's never being used again, right? Exactly. And so you cannot treat data as if it's all equally important, but that's what businesses do today. They, they have this fear of missing out. Uh, it, you know, that's why they collect so much in the first place. They collect without knowing exactly. what it's going to be used for. And that's to some degree fine. You don't always need to know what it's going to be used for. But when it comes to managing your data, you cannot manage all the data as if it's equally important because you will see that some data assets are being heavily utilized for very business critical use cases it could be for you know um, revenue increasing uh, activities it could be for cost uh, optimizing activities it could be for uh, financial uh, reporting if you're a public company like these things just cannot go wrong and then there is the 90 percent that is never being used right so um, yeah for you to prioritize your data what uh, we help you with is through our catalog uh, functionality we map all of your data assets it could be data tables it could be uh, data metrics uh, and we rank them based on utilization rate so we can see how much are they actually being consumed not how much uh, storage do they take up but how much is it actually being consumed right and by yeah. who? that is where the catalog aspect comes in and then um, with that said, you also need to look at uh, the lineage of those data assets, because it might be exactly. that an upstream uh, data asset, a table going into a metric is not that heavily used, but the metric is heavily used. So you need to validate uh, the whole lineage, right? So uh, you need a catalog and lineage feature, right? And then you need to complement that a bit with the uh, Sometimes you have regulatory requirements, uh, for example, GDPR, et cetera, uh, that uh, requires you to just uh, certain parts of data you need to be on top of, right? So that should also be prioritized, even though it's not always heavily utilized, right? Um, yeah. So, uh, and the next step goes to validating that data. So it's not all your data, but it is the data that is highly utilized, prioritized, that has business impact. And um, this, I think, is the area where uh, I've seen a lot of people doing it uh, uh, kind of very wrong. Because uh, when you do data validation, you want to make sure that your data is accurate. Yeah, you cannot exactly. apply it to every data asset, right? Uh, because if you do that, it's going to be a lot of noise. And uh, yeah, if yeah. you find issues that relates to data that no one is consuming, that is uh, the worst type of noise, right? Because no one will care. So you need to uh, validate the data that is uh, prioritized in the first step. And when we talk about validation, uh, there are different types of validation, right? You need to check that the scheme of the data is correct. You want to know that the data is up to date and fresh. You want to know that it is of reasonable volumes. That is the basic, mm. right? But you also want to know that the data uh, has the reasonable values, that there are no anomalies, that there is no drift and shifts in the data. And you want to do that at a segmented level. 
And what I mean with segmented level is, let's say that you want to uh, validate your revenue metric. Well, revenue mm -hmm. for a whole business is a very aggregated me uh, metric, right? So just because that one looks good doesn't mean that it is actually good, right? You need to slice yeah. and dice your data and uh, make sure that revenue per market, per product category, uh, per sales channel is reasonable as well, right? That is the only way you can yeah. really trust those metrics. Yeah, I, I love these, how you've explained in detail, how you manage the data debt, uh, you know, talking, starting from obviously prioritizing your data, but also making sure you validating it the right way. And then, you know, again, after the validation comes like a big process, which is improving the data and then then you can actually scale over time so this is fantastic i love it uh pat and uh thanks for sharing those in thanks for bringing up such an important topic uh that i'm pretty sure a lot of data leaders or even the enterprise companies will be talking about that data debt uh switching gears here a little bit in terms of uh since we are uh just uh around 2024 and i'm pretty sure when this comes out it will be 2024 uh, would you like to share some trends in the data space for 2024 uh with our audience today sure uh, so i think it, besides this kind of you know adoption of ai that it will uh, really take off this year uh, i think that one is uh, um, the most obvious one i think yeah. um, uh, what, what I just shared with you in terms of uh, what it takes to pay back data debt, I mentioned that you will need uh, capabilities from kind of uh, uh, data catalog, data lineage, but also mm -hmm. uh, that is for the prioritization of data uh, assets part, right? But also the improvement of data. Once you find issues and so on, you need those capabilities also, you know, improve the data. Uh, but exactly. for the validation part, you need the, what we traditionally have called data observability and quality, right? And they all need to sit in the same tool. And the modern data stack has been uh, great at building best of breeds tools, right? You have one tool for uh, one niche use case and you have hundreds of tools on the market, right? But if yep. you really want to pay back data that uh, at least uh, you need several uh, tools in one single platform, you need catalog, lineage, data observability and quality all in one tool. So I think one of uh, the things we will see uh, more and more across different uh, parts of the modern data stack is consolidation of tools, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not powerful if uh, you just have a catalog, but it doesn't link to the lineage piece or if it doesn't link to the quality piece, right? Because mm -hmm. you can map the data assets, but you don't know how useful it is if you don't know the quality of the data, right? Can you trust it or not? Uh, so uh, I think one big trend will be more and more consolidation of uh, tooling because it doesn't make sense nice. that it's siloed and non-integrated. That's one piece yeah. of uh, uh, why we have so much data that to begin with, right? Very siloed tooling that doesn't integrate, mm. right? And I think a second very big trend that I see is a increased focus on data consumers, right? Because when, when everyone wants to have higher ROI on data investments, you're asking more and more what do data consumers actually need and in what format, right? And yeah. I think there is one very interesting thing um, that has been bubbling 
uh, below the surface during 2023, uh, and I think will take off uh, during 2024, and that is the metrics layer. Um, oh. Semantic layer, metrics layer, uh, for two reasons. One is, you, you know, um, during in, in the data where we've talked about uh, storing uh, data, not in many places, but in one single place, you have single source yep. of truth. And uh, that I think the modern data warehouses and so on has solved to a large extent. And not in every single case, but it's uh, kind of, it is at least a good attempt at that solution, right? You start to yep. uh, have a single source of truth in terms of where you store the data, right? Mm -hmm. But people on the business side don't consume data tables, right? They consume metrics. Um, and exactly. right now, when you want to create a dashboard or when you, you want to use uh, data in a machine learning use case or in a product, you consume many times the raw data from the tables uh, yeah. and define your metrics in each of those use cases. And the mm -hmm. data uh, metrics is defined oftentimes differently. The same metric is differently yeah. defined. So let, let, yeah. let's say that you want to do um, sales uh, numbers. Do you include mm -hmm. discounts or not in the sales number? Uh, and if you look at uh, it, uh, you, you know, uh, in Asia, which countries do you put into the Asian region, right? You see inconsistencies already there. So uh, the metrics layer okay. is a way to combat that and have a single source of truth uh, at the consumption level, right? So you get wow. the last deliver of that. And that will enable both self-service analytics, but the most interesting thing I think related to the thing everyone wants to do in terms of adopting Gen AI and so on is there has been studies uh, recently showing that if you connect LLMs to, you know, the data tables, yeah. versus if you connect it to the metrics layer, the latter outperforms the former uh, tremendously. You want oh to connect God. the LLMs to the metrics layers and not the tables itself love it i i these are like amazing insights and uh definitely great trends to look out for in 2024 uh, like you said like massive collaboration consolidation uh you know uh for having just one catalog one lineage one data and uh, data quality in just one uh tool itself and then obviously matrix layer semantica is one huge thing that's going to pick up in uh We've heard a lot in 2023, but in 2024, uh, looking forward, it's going to be massive. So can't wait. Uh, Patrick, this was amazing. Uh, it's always, like I said, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. And uh, I'm pretty sure the audience uh, listening to us today would want to reach out to you, learn more about, you know, not only just the data there, but about Belidio, about what you're doing in this space and uh, where all would you be in 2024 as well that they can, you know, catch up. I know uh, we'll definitely be meeting in 2024 at uh, various conferences, but not only just that, also, uh, you know, virtually we meet a lot in, uh, I, for those who uh, want to also learn a lot about Belidio, uh, I'll definitely be sharing the website link with you all so you all can reach out and learn more about the data leaders guide, which uh, the team recently came up with, which is pretty interesting and very good material to learn from as well. 
Um, but if uh, folks want to reach out to you, Patrick, uh, which is the best place? How can they reach out to you? LinkedIn. Um, okay. Link- Find me on LinkedIn. Just type my name, Patrick Lee Tran, uh, and uh, I'm yeah. very happy to chat. Uh, okay. I love uh, a data community on LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome. That's uh, lovely, Patrick. Uh, again, thanks for doing this. And thanks to our audience for listening to us today. Feel free to you know put on any uh, questions for Patrick. Reach out to him. Uh, ask him more about 2024. Uh, thanks, Patrick, for doing this. Uh, and uh, definitely see you soon. Thank you for having me. Talk to you soon again. Bye.